Hello, and welcome to Voices in Healthcare Finance. I'm Erica Grotto. In today's installment in our CFO series, Joe Pfeiffer is talking with Matt Cox from Grand Rapids-based Spectrum Health. If you know Joe, you know he came to HFMA from Spectrum, and the health system has been a good friend to our organization for a long time. Today, they're talking about how Spectrum is answering the call of consumerism and the importance of having good relationships in the community. Enjoy the conversation. Well, it's my pleasure today to have Matt Cox, who's the CFO of Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I say it's my pleasure because, full disclosure, I used to work at Spectrum Health before I got to HFMA seven years ago. If people don't know Spectrum Health, I think it's one of the hidden jewels in our industry, quite honestly. And I say that looking at health systems all around the country. It's a medium-sized health system. I think, I don't know, are you up to 12 or 13 hospitals, Matt? Yeah, we're actually up to 14 hospitals now. 14. Well, time flies here. Uh, Also a large medical group, which many folks have, but a really healthy and thriving health plan. Priority Health is a health plan and one of the big players here in West Michigan. And quite frankly, Spectrum Health has been a leader in price transparency all across the country through their delivery system side and the health plan side, which is a, a an effort that started years ago. But Matt and Tina Fries, their CEO and their other executive team are carrying on that tradition. So I'm just thrilled to have you join Matt today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. And uh, I've got a few Joe Pfeiffer stories I can tell at the right time, but probably not today. <laughs> well, we, you never know when technical problems kick in, and uh, we might have to cut it short at that point. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. So so one one thing that I can say is that the, the people at Spectrum Health loved working with Joe. So uh, you should know that uh, your name still comes up very fondly at Spectrum Health. Well, you're very kind. And uh, I'll send the $20 check in the mail or, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> through a cash app or something. So, so uh, Matt, before you got to Spectrum Health, I know you were Banner. And so I know that moving from Banner to Spectrum Health, beside the climate differences, is just a, you know, a bunch of change. But aside from that big change, that big career change, to what extent has your day-to-day job as a CFO changed in, in years, whether it's, you know, functions reporting to you or your responsibilities, how have you seen your job change? Well, you know, if you look at it one year by one year, it doesn't change a whole lot. I was, you know, as I think about your question, I think about when I first started healthcare and what we were focused on as organizations, and it's very different. And if I look at what I do today compared to what I did when I first started working for a health system, it's very different. You know, back then, you know, we didn't have a lot of joint ventures. We were pretty inwardly focused. We we're focused on, you know, maximizing our profit, uh, as they say, or making sure that we could expand services. And now I'm real focused on uh, sitting on boards for our venture partners. And I'm uh, spending quite a bit of time investing our, our investment portfolio in new companies. I'm meeting now with employers. And, and when I think back, you know, 15, 20 years ago in healthcare, I didn't have meetings with employers where we talked about how we can keep their and, and make their workforce healthier and how we can lower the cost of care. You know, I used to meet with them and, and talk about how do we make sure that all of their employees came to our hospitals. But now we're meeting with them and talking about how do we keep them healthy and keep them out of our hospitals. And I would say the other thing that's different, and maybe it's just the progression in my career is I spend a lot of time mentoring now that I didn't used to do. And that's something that's brought a lot of joy to me in my life as I've grown throughout my career. I love sitting down and, and talking to up-and-comer leaders and helping them navigate their career. 
Well, that's really interesting. And I want to hit on that in a second. But the first follow-up I want to ask is, you know, you almost talk about the, the business community meeting with them almost like constituents and or almost like they were shareholders. And, you know, that's kind of the nature of the structures of not-for-profit enterprise, but they haven't really off, you know, often, um, you know, acted that way. But it almost sounds like a constituency conversation that you're having because they're paying the yeah. bills. Absolutely. If you think about Spectrum as a not-for-profit health system, we're really owned by the community. And those community members want to have a say now more than ever on what services we offer. And they, they want to hear about uh, our efforts to lower our costs. And they want to hear about our efforts to keep their employees healthy. They want to get their employees back to work. If they have an injury, they want to get them back to work because the labor market's tight. So they're very interested in what we're doing especially in keeping care local. They are also invested in our community. They, they see what an economic driver health systems are. And what they would like us to do is the things that, that make economic sense for us to keep local, they want us to keep it local. And I think when you talk about economic driver, it, I suspect you're talking about going way beyond the number of jobs you provide in West Michigan community. But you're talking about an environment that's open to other, you know, for businesses to locate here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're an economic driver being the largest employer in West Michigan, over 30,000 employees. That's certainly one component of it. But it's also having Spectrum Health in West Michigan gives these organizations the ability to recruit top talent sure. to, to West Michigan because top quartile healthcare is located in West Michigan. So they're, they're, they're interested in us being here and having employees that shop at their businesses, but they're also interested in us being here as a way to enhance West Michigan and, and make it so their employees are happy living here. You know, that's a podcast episode in and of itself, that topic. I've talked about it and I say it on stage all the time that I think one of the ways that healthcare as an industry has dropped the ball over the last generation is the lack of connection with community and the business community and the, and the population at large just doesn't understand healthcare, healthcare finance, how it works, some of the decisions that we make. And yet, in some respects, you're not afraid to go into the lines then and, and meet with those folks and talk about how things are working. And I'm sure some of those conversations can be challenging, but my guess is you have a good relationship and that smooths out a number of other issues. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more transparent I am with the business community, the more they understand that we're doing a great job. That's, that's so, really powerful. Yeah. yeah. So when I talk to them about some of our key initiatives, whether it be driving down the cost of our supplies or making sure we get paid for what we do or benchmarking and making sure that we have the right resources focused on the patients, they can all relate because, as you know, Joe, we have a lot of manufacturers here and that's the same things they work on. Of course. Uh, we actually have a lot in common with them. And yet they can't see that commonality and without the dialogue. So again, that's really powerful. I might tap you again in the future to talk about that. But let me talk about another follow-up question because you alluded to this in your answer. You know, it's interesting. The general public thinks of a CFO's job as purely technical in nature, you know, CPAs and financial analysis. But the reality is that we know that your job is full of people and relationship issues. And so you talked about the external relationships. How about internal, those soft skills within culture management and change management within your organization. Just talk about your role in that. How do you drive changes? So as a leader in healthcare, you know, when people talk about me being a CFO, they do look at the role very traditionally. And, and once I get to know them and, and talk to them about the role, I think that people see it very differently, whether it's 
being involved in the community. You know, I, I sit on several boards and we talk about how we interact with the organization. But uh, inwardly focused, I'm involved in a lot of things, heavily involved in strategy. We, we recently came up with our new system strategic plan that goes out from 2020 to 2030. And I was in all those meetings and, and I didn't just have my CFO hat on. I had my hat on how can I help the organization improve our new mission, which is to improve health, to inspire hope and save lives. So our mission doesn't have anything to do with financial performance. But I see myself very connected to that mission because without a solid financial footing, we can't do those things. And when we talk about our vision, personalized health made simple, affordable, and exceptional, I can tell you we had a lot of conversations around affordability being in our vision. And I don't think it was by mistake that that got in there because there was a lot of conversations. And we do think that being affordable is going to be very important into the future. So I think having the CFO sit around the table when you do your system strategic plan is an essential part of the conversation. So part of it is to have the CFO at the table, but the other part is in your role, you have to be, uh, you have to represent a broader thought process than just the technical numbers. What I'm hearing from you is your responsibility is to think broadly. So part of it is uh, is others allowing or inviting you to the table, but your responsibility is to bring a broader perspective. Absolutely. If if the only thing that, that I bring to the table is a conversation around productivity or how to make the revenue cycle work better or around our debt covenants or our ratings, that doesn't really add to the strategy. It's when you can take all of those things and weave them into the strategy so that people understand why they're all important. We've come a long way from the traditional CFO just saying no model to uh, to what you described. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's terrific. So a lot of that focus is broad. A lot of that focus is on the community. Yet I know a big part of your responsibility is is maintaining the financial viability of many of the functions within Spectrum. And I know that you guys are really focused on revenue cycle performance. So can you talk a little bit about that internal management change? What's your perspective on revenue cycle? Tell us what your focus is there and what you're trying to do. Yeah. So revenue cycle is something that is just essential to health systems and they have to work well. And when they don't work well, not only does it disrupt cash, it can disrupt your strategy. If you have an issue in your revenue cycle, it makes you uh, less competitive. So I, I started at Spectrum uh, almost two years ago. And when I first got here, the first thing I did is I looked at uh, the metrics of the rev cycle, and I saw that we had opportunities. And one of the great things about HFMA, to be part of your commercials again, is you guys have great metrics in your map app, and everything is well-defined. And so it's easy to compare your metrics to best practices. And Spectrum had a lot of room for improvement. So uh, we, we started down a very strategic path. We brought in an outside firm to help us. We brought in Deloitte to help us look at what improvement is possible and what improvement could we accomplish in 12 months? What could we accomplish in 24 months? And we started down a path of just all out focus on checking off the things that we could make best in class in 12 months and then the longer term plan. And so we were able to take our AR days when, from when I got here that had just gone up about to 70 days when I first got here. So pretty high. About 18 months later, we were down close to 47 days. Wow. So, uh, so we, we had a huge transformation. And, and really, 
I think the key successes of our transformation was to engage our staff, engage the IT staff, and engage leadership at a high level, show them what was possible, and uh, have a coordinated effort of improvement. And so it, it wasn't just what did the revenue cycle leadership fix. It was, how did we work with IT to turn on all the additional functionality in Epic? And how did we work with the physician organization to make sure that we had their appropriate education and they were getting their, their charges in timely? How did we work with all the units so that they understood their impact on the revenue cycle? So this, this huge focus actually propelled Spectrum to have the most days of cash on hand that we've ever had as an organization because of this huge improvement. AR days went way down. And I think the best outcome is the impact that it had on our patients. When I first got here, there wasn't a week that went by that I didn't hear and my CEO didn't get a complaint from patients, whether it be a surprise bill that they received or how could we not get them a bill for 12 months and then get them a bill. Those, uh, I wouldn't say that they're totally gone now, but instead of it being a daily occurrence, now it's more like a monthly occurrence that, that we get uh, complaints from patients. So I think that a well-run revenue cycle is what our patients want and expect. Yeah, and, and just taking the, just the surprise in, in its entirety about the, the whole revenue cycle process um, is really disconcerting to folks. I, I opened this episode talking about the historical focus on price transparency and patient financial communications, and I know you've taken that baton and carried it way down the path. Do you guys include patient these revenue cycle issues in the patient satisfaction or consumer experience agenda in general and, and formally either in measuring with consumers or uh, some other metrics that you use to gauge your success? Uh, absolutely. So we poll our patients through our surveys and uh, we have community groups that we talk to about, you know, how we're doing. And, and quite frankly, even with that, we're talking about how do we do it more? Sure. We want to make sure that we're addressing the issues that the patients bring up and not the issues that we think we have. And sometimes there's a disconnect with that. Sometimes we'll think that we're solving what the patient wants and we're not. We're solving what a unit wants or a physician wants. So that's something that I think that we've done a pretty good job on. And I think it's where the future is going to be for us as well. Just to give kudos to you, I will tell you that you know, this goes back when I was there, when we didn't formally look for consumer feedback on revenue cycle issues. And and um, that was probably years in the making of pounding on the table. But I give you a lot of credit for actually getting that. I say it all the time. I, you know, I've heard the term patient centric a thousand times in my career. And I think it's true until we come about uh, establishing processes. And then we, you know, then we focus on the hospital or the physicians or some structural part of the industry. And uh, I think what you guys have done is taken it to really be concerned about what your consumer base is thinking. I give you a yeah. lot of credit. So I see the role of the consumer really changing over the past few years with larger deductibles and co-pays. The cost of healthcare continues to rise. Consumers are approaching healthcare differently. It's no longer consumers going wherever their physician tells them to go. Now they're doing research. They're looking for the best pricing. They're looking for the best doctors, the best hospitals. And at Spectrum Health, we've really embraced that. We've embraced it through our priority health pricing tool, where we have more information available than ever before on our websites. And I think that we have just started doing what the consumers are going to expect into the future. 
uh, I've often wondered this, Matt. I used to think consumers may not like the answer, but what they like less than that is felt like they weren't being dealt with openly and honestly. And, and, you know, and I to think, again, with transparency, they may not like the answer. They may not like that the fact that they have a $5,000 deductible, but at least they understand it and they know that they could deal with it in a better way because they, they have that understanding. Is that, do you think that's a fair representation? Yeah, I do. I think that, you know, most of the time when people come to a hospital, it's a surprise. And that's when they really understand what their benefits provide. And we need to provide them with a level of understanding and they need to trust us that we know what we're talking about. So we've got to eliminate confusion. We've got to make sure we don't have mistakes and they need to be able to have someone that they can call or a program that they can access so that they can research online. Different consumers want to find things different ways. And I think we need to address the consumers how they want to be addressed. So I want to shift gears a little bit here, and this is going to be, this might sound a little bit like an advertisement for what we do at HFMA, but I, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be a story about Spectrum Health, and then there's actually kind of a, a fun little story about you. But you guys signed an enterprise membership agreement a um, year or so ago, and you've been really active in pushing the benefits of this membership model within Spectrum Health not just signing people up as members, but encouraging people to get certified or multiple certifications. And I understand there was a little story about somebody putting a challenge to you. So talk a little bit about what you're doing with the enterprise model. And then if you could tell that story, that would be awesome. Sure. So, you know, HFMA for me holds a special spot in my heart. And the reason for that is I started my career with Deloitte & Touche and I got my first job in healthcare. And, you know, my CFO at the time said, you know, one of the things that'll help you get up to speed quicker than anything else is to join HFMA and go to the meetings and you'll learn a lot about the industry. And so, so I did that. And throughout the years, whether it was serving on a board at HFMA or whether it was attending uh, a lot of the great educational events throughout my career, HFMA had a huge impact on me and I think really gave me an edge from a competitive standpoint to be successful as a CFO. So when I heard about the enterprise membership agreements and realized what it would mean to my staff, what it meant, the way that I interpreted it anyways, is what was giving to me was the ability to be a member of HFMA and participate in education. And so now for all the employees at Spectrum Health, they have access to uh, membership at HFMA, all the webinars, all the online education, all the certifications. And it's truly been an investment in our staff. Kind of the way that it started is we signed up and when certifications were made available to enterprise members, I encouraged all my direct reports to get certified. And I said, you know, eventually I'd like to make it where it's, it's a higher level in, in the jobs that we have, like in RevCycle and others, that once you get your certification, you move from, say, admitting clerk one to admitting clerk two and, and so forth. And so uh, a couple of weeks went by and one of my staff members shot me a screenshot of his certification and said, I got mine, where's yours? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I took that challenge and, and, and I got my CHFP. And what, what I realized when I did it is that it was really good and that the things that you learn when you go through that program are of great value to everybody that, that works in healthcare. We, we took that, and after I had passed the CHFP and, and realized what a value it was, I issued a, a benefit for the managers and directors that report up through me 
where I said, all right, anybody who gets certified by, you know, June 30th, I'll take you out to lunch. You know, I probably had 20 leaders that got certified over about a 45 day period as a result of that. All for a hamburger with all Matt for a, All for a hamburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so a lot more people got certified than I was expecting, but it, but it was great. And then from there, they started going to their staff and saying, hey, I got a lot of value out of becoming certified. I'd like you to get certified. They had similar challenges. And I think we're well over 100 people now that are certified at Spectrum in all the various different options. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I got a screenshot of our director of security got a CHFP and he sent me a certificate and said, wow, I learned a lot. Thanks for providing us this opportunity. So it's really been about, uh, this is one of the things that I can point to when employees say, you know, I don't have enough opportunities to move up. I can say now, well, the first step in moving up is join HFMA. It's free. Get certified. And that will position you for bigger roles at Spectrum. So I hope that down the road, uh, I'll be able to point back to this process and be able to show here, here are the new leaders that we found uh, mm-hmm. because they got certified. So the, the other thing that we're doing with the certifications is when people get certified, we're, we're basically holding a lottery for attendance at meetings and, and enabling employees that are certified to go to both local meetings and national meetings. It's, it's introducing a, the whole new next generation to HFMA. Well, and, and it just fits nicely with the culture in West Michigan, and and uh, we have an entrepreneurialistic culture in West Michigan, and you know, an, a personal accountability culture, and it just fits nicely within the the community here. And again, I, I appreciate the kind words about HFMA, but you know what that's doing for Spectrum Health is really the cool part of the story. And and what a statement of your humility to accept that note from, from the guy that sent it to you and and go out and gotten your own certification. So uh, I just love that story. Yeah. And, and it well, speaks well of you that he had the courage to write it to you and say, hey, where's yours, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and the great thing about doing it is now I know what it is and, mm-hmm. and I've encouraged others to do it. I think that it's going to make us a better organization. I can relate to that. I had a pretty significant knee injury a couple of years ago and I was literally on my couch for a few weeks and I used that time to go through it myself. I had been certified a long, long time ago under the old model, but I decided, you know, if I'm going to speak with sincerity uh, about this within HFMA, I I better go through the process myself. So it it wasn't a challenge from somebody like yours, but it was the same kind of thing is that if you don't personally experience it, then how can you demand it of others? And again, that's a nice statement of management humility there on your part. We're kind of near the end of our time here, but I'm just curious, you know, we talked a lot about changes that you've made and the change in your role and how it's much more external now. If you were to project what the healthcare CFO role would look like in five or even 10 years, what do you think? Where's this all going? I think that uh, it's clearly heading down the path of becoming more and more involved in strategy, more and more involved in working with others in new and different ways, whether that be in joint ventures or in partnerships or just simply working together. I, I see an increased need to be a mentor and an educator. You know, we have a lot of smart people in healthcare, but a lot of them aren't trained in finance. And so it's one thing for me to go into a room and uh, be presented something and say yes or no. And it's another thing to go in and talk with the, the team, help them come to the right conclusion instead of me saying yes or no, teach them and talk through it so that 
they can answer their own question. And I think that there's going to be more that's needed in that space as well. And I'd probably say lastly, I think that we've come a long way in transparency, both internally and externally. I think that becoming more and more transparent, what we're doing, what our costs are, what the outcomes are, is is going to be part of everything that we do in healthcare, including the role of the CFO. And again, it's going to have to go way beyond what something is mandated by someone else. This is going to have to be something that is you know, laden with common sense to those readers of whatever you're being transparent about. Yeah, I think that transparency is going gonna, is gonna to sweep across the nation, not because of regulation change, but because it's demanded by consumers. Yeah, and it, and it just has to be better than, because they're never going to be able to, in my, this is my own opinion, I don't think that you could ever mandate through regulation a, a transparency environment that really works well in all the different environments across all 50 states. You know, if you've seen one health system, you've seen one health system. The regulations uh, are what they're going to be, but uh, it's that attitude that Spectrum Health uh, have and, and that you have that I think is going to make a difference for consumers. So hats off to you. Absolutely. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, CFOs and other leaders in healthcare just need to embrace the change mm-hmm. and, and be a leader in change and not wait for it to happen to you. Just take it and, and, and make it the best that you can for your patients instead of waiting for regulators to tell you how to do it. That's so spot on. Okay, last question. If you could say one thing to our members or or the industry at large about what we should do to either maybe improve the industry performance or change the rhetoric uh, that is spoken about across the country in healthcare, what, what would that one thing be? One thing, that's, that's tough. I, I would probably land on disrupt yourself. Instead of waiting for others to disrupt the industry or someone to come and show you how to do it better, figure out how to do it better on your own. And, and there's lots of ways to do that. I think HFMA is a great organization where I've been able to network with others, where you can learn from others. But also, uh, you can learn just as much internally as you can externally. So you've got to not only listen to your peers within the industry that are outside of your organization, you've got to listen to the people that are on the ground in your facilities, because a lot of time they have they have the answers. They have the great ideas. Well, thank you, Matt, for speaking taking so much time and, and spending it with it. I hope now our listeners know why Spectrum Health was such a great training ground for me and now know what a great leader Matt Cox is for Spectrum Health. And I just really appreciate your willingness to share openly with, uh, with your thoughts and what you got going here in Grand Rapids. So thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Voices in Healthcare Finance is produced by the Healthcare Financial Management Association and written and hosted by me, Erica Grotto. Sound editing is by Linda Chandler. Brad Dennison is our Director of Content Strategy. Our President and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. Special thanks to Nick Hutt, Mary Mirabelli, and Rick Gundling for their help with this production. Finally, we always welcome your feedback and invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments at podcast at hfma.org. 